Well, hey, my friend, today I have a special podcast because it is my 30th wedding anniversary. Woohoo! So I have asked my husband, Fred, to join me today and really just have a conversation. It wasn't really something that we had talked much about, but I just asked him, hey, would you share what you feel are the keys to a lasting marriage? And if you don't know me, 17 years ago, my husband and I, we were a mess and we actually separated and filed for divorce. And God just did a miracle in my heart. I cried out to know God deeply instead of just about him. And I wanted to be made whole and for him to make my life significant. And that really began a journey of discovery of who God truly is, his true nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because I didn't even really know Holy Spirit at that point, and how I was created in his image and likeness, my identity in Christ. And that just caused tremendous transformation in my own personal life. And my husband saw that. He saw the radical change in me and desired that for himself. And within six months, we actually reconciled and did not get divorced. We've been on a journey since then of really discovering all that God has for us. And so I'm excited to have my husband on the podcast with me. And he's going to share from his perspective three keys to a lasting marriage. I don't know where you are in your journey. Maybe you're not even married And if you're not, please don't turn this off because you might be married someday or share this with a friend because so many people are having struggles in their marriage. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to have hope and have healing. And that is really what we bring. If you have any questions, please share those with me and email me at lori at lorikaysnyder.com. And I would love to answer any questions or help you in any way that I can. And here's how you can help me. If you've been listening at all, can you go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? That helps me get exposed to more people to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. So please go ahead and review, rate me, and I would be so appreciative. And then also share that on social media. Tag me at Lori. K-A-Y Snyder. So it's L-O-R-I-K-A-Y S-N-Y-D-E-R. Tag me on social media so that I can personally thank you. All right. All right. So grab a pen and paper because this will help you grow in your marriage or future marriage. Here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be, because you were created to thrive. Do you want 
to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Well, Fred, happy anniversary. We yeah, made it 30 yeah, years. 30, well, got, <laughs> yeah, it looks like we made it. I think that was a song, actually. So, yeah. Happy anniversary, Laura. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me on a podcast. Yeah, it's been Ceremonial um, acknowledgement of our 30 years. Yes, 30 years. There's hope and healing for any situation, and, I always and, say. And hope and healing for every marriage. That's right. Yeah. Well, I want to hear from you because I'm excited to hear. What are your three keys to a lasting marriage? So maybe we can have 30 more. Well, <laughs> that was that's a great question. Well, well, well said. Yeah, I got three. You know, there's probably only about a hundred thousand keys, but I got three that I think are very um, predominant. And um, uh, you know, these are three three important keys in in, in my mind, and um, they're very broad, though. I mean, you could take one of these keys and really just build it out and really study it for years, quite frankly. I don't think you're ever done learning on any of these keys, but I think these are very helpful keys. And um, so I got three of them. I didn't want to, you know, you could just go, you could have a hundred of them and, you know, we'd just swim in the shallows. But, you know, I just wanted to pick up three things that I think from my perspective, you know, obviously being a husband and being a a man of what I think are very important to, to keep progressing. And I think that's the... You know, nobody's ever perfect except Jesus, and um, and you know you have to strive toward. Um, not I wouldn't say right word, strive. Um, you have to keep moving toward um, um, His likeness and how He would do things, and yeah. put yourself in what would He do, which is important. And um, these are three things I think are very important. Yeah, but all three, the, all three of these elements were modeled very well by Him. And he is our example, and he is our leader, and he's our Lord, and he's our spiritual leader, and all these things, he's our priest. And, you know, if you want to question how you're going to deal with the situation, just look at how he dealt with dealt with every situation, to how he dealt with things. And, and I think you, uh, par- you parlay that into, into, your, into your relational life. Awesome. So those things are pretty simple. I mean, one, from a man's perspective, how does he become the spiritual leader of his household? Yeah, and I want to get into that because people have a very, very. <laughs> some people have a correct view of that, but a lot of people have very much an incorrect view of that. Well, yeah. and I think a lot of times it gets it's been misused no, and twisted and, and yeah, it's abused. Been, it can be yeah. manipulated into a position exactly. of power and authority and domination, which is totally not the example that Lord set. Second one is is really how do you you know how do you walk in humility mm-hmm. in, within his relationships and and to how he forgave people. And I think those three things are the spiritual, you know, spiritual leader of your household. What's that look like? How does walking in humility in your in your marriage and in your relationships, and and how do you walk in that f- constant forgiveness? And I think if you focus on those three things, you know, you can overcome a lot of obstacles. You can overcome a lot of hurt. You can over overcome a lot of things, and and I think you can overcome. You know, a lot of self-centered issues as well. When you when you focus on those three things, again, they're very can be very broad. They're very deep, but those three things I think are very critical in in, in establishing a marriage and then have a very much a lasting marriage. Yeah, and I think too that when I talk to, I mean, I talk to so many people about marriage, 
because a lot of times it's it's difficult and it's challenging and we want the formula. If you just give me the formula, then I'll know what to do. And that's why we talk about there's keys because you have to know how to implement a key, but you have to know what the key is in order to open a door. A key opens things. And so let's talk about what you mean about spiritual leadership. Unwrap well, that for uh, me. Yeah, well, first of all, you always have to look at Jesus and how he how he was the spiritual leader of his church when he when he was when he stepped into his ministry. Uh, out of the words out of his mouth, he came to what? He came to serve and not be served. Okay, so that is one of the most critical roles of it, of being a spiritual leader is to serve your family. Okay, yes, you give direction. Yes, you 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 see things, you hear things. Um, but you have to look at how Jesus served his disciples and how he served his people. And that is really the model. And, and he washed their feet. Uh, was he the authority in the room? Absolutely. Did he make the final decision regarding which direction they were going to go? Absolutely. But it was all from a perspective of love and compassion, okay, not power, greed, and control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people have to separate. They look at spiritual leaders and and frankly, all too often we have a lot of people in spiritual positions that abuse that through 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 power and control and manipulation, versus how Jesus demonstrated it through 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 serving and and directing and through love and compassion. So you know, being a spiritual leader of of a house is making sure your family is on the right course, making sure your family is or your your marriage is heading in the right spiritual direction. Is is Christ is the head of the church, and you have to ask. But you have to ask yourself, how did how did Jesus as the spiritual head of the church? How did he treat his bride? How did he? How did he walk with them? How did he guide them? How did he teach them? How did he raise them up? Was he controlling and domineering? Absolutely not. Was he a leader? Absolutely. So you have to differentiate that. And the second question from a marriage, from my perspective as a man, is how did Jesus treat women? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he honored them. Yeah. I mean, he was so far be honoring them, so far beyond what culture would even permit in his era. That he was, it, it, it was, it was, it was significant. And I think the other thing you have to look at from a spiritual leader's perspective is that men and women are equals in the eyes of God. One isn't better than the other. Just it, it's a matter of order and a matter of pro, a matter of order and spiritual order. It's not a matter of equalness because we're all equals. Okay. Um, and you have to come from that perspective. Are you, you know, is, is, is a, you know, some people might not like this is the, is some decisions you make. I have no problem with that because I trust your wisdom. I trust your judgment. That comes in trust, right? Right. Um, sometimes when it gets a, a decision that you don't want to make, I'll make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's a balance. It's a learning. But in the end of the day, I like to say that, you know, I got. I told one of my pastor friends one day, I says, you know, he says to me, you're very quiet when you're with Lori in, in certain groups. I says, well, absolutely, because she's in her lane and I'm not going to interfere in her. And that's going to transition here real shortly into that into that humility standpoint. It's not that I'm I don't have to be seen. I don't have to be heard in a situation like that. My job as a spiritual leader is to provide a covering over you, to step into you. And if you actually read in Ephesians chapter five, 
you know, love your wife just as Christ loved the church. You know, that's all the way to death. Sometimes you have to put to death your pride. Sometimes you don't have to be always the one being heard. Sometimes you have to put away that that prideful that would keep you from fulfilling his call from you as a spiritual leader in my job. And I'm going to have to be accountable to, to I'm going to get up in front of the Father one day and I'm going to get an account to how, what I did as a spiritual head of my house. And one of the, you know, in, in the way I see it and the way it bears witness in my heart and in my, and I think through my spirit is that if I do the right job, if I fulfill my responsibility in a very humble, self-serving or not self-serving, but sacrificial way that Jesus is spelling out in Ephesians, you will also accomplish everything that God put us in your heart because I create this covering and the safe place for you, for you to risk for you to go outside and for you to free, for you really to step into to be who you truly are. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of a lot of people, I have a lot of marriages where I think there's this male sense of domination where you know what? The 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 wife in the situation is not going to step into who she fully is called to be because there's this slavery mentality. And I, and I just don't believe in that. And I, I go back to that question. How did Jesus love his bride? And how did Jesus treat women? Mm-hmm. And I choose that model. And so I think spiritual, the spiritual leader of the house is the most important. And, and, and it's a guardian position. It's a safe position. It's a, it's a leading position. It, and, but it's really set up to protect, to protect wives so they could be free to fulfill what God's put on their heart. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's so much that I could speak into that. Um, You know, first of all, I just honor you and all that you have done and grown um, because you have given me that security. And that's really what every woman wife is looking for, is security. Yes, to feel loved, but security is a way that we feel love to know that you've got my back and that um, we're in this together in this oneness. And that is something that you have always done so well is um, we are in this partnership together to grow and we've got each other's back. Um, But I do want to speak to a couple things because we've talked to a lot of people and we've, we've, done some counseling for several marriages that were in very difficult situations. What do you say to the scripture that everyone always wants to say in, you know, in Ephesians 5, where um, wives submit to your husbands unto the Lord? They forget that part, but they always say wives submit to your husbands. And it's that dominance, but they're not focusing on what uh, husbands... Um, you know, that, like what you talked about, to um, be as Jesus is to his bride, which is that sacrificial love. But I know I'm not articulating this well, but do you understand what I'm saying? I exactly understand what you're saying. You know, that's, you know, if, I, if, if I'm in a tough situation and, and I was the wife in the situation, which I'm not, so I can't really speak to it. I just got to give you my perspective as a man, sure. right? And and I think the key thing is there's a, unto the, unto the Lord, which a lot of people just kind of throw slide by. Right. That's probably the most important part of the scripture. Yeah. Because if the Lord came into the room, right, and He asked you to do something, let me ask you this: Would it be doing? Would it be done in love? The answer is yes. Yeah. Would it be done for compassion's sake? Mm-hmm. 
Yes, we ask you to do something that was outside of your ability to 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 do or um, willingness to do, or would he would he put something on you that's that's so far beyond you from a put you in a compromising situation? Would Jesus put you in a compromising situation? No, never, ever would put you in a compromising life situation Correct. or ask you to give to sacrifice your character your your belief system yeah he's not going to cause you to sin Cor- correct right. okay that's unto the lord right. so the, would the lord come in and do anything that would be uh, be harmful no cause cause sin or death no put you in a dangerous situation I don't know about the dangerous no. situation. Some people are called to the dangerous situations, so I can't speak that. But within the context of the marriage, right? Right. Likewise, when he says submitting to the Lord, you know you're submitting to somebody that think that Jesus is that way, right? And the husbands need to re- be very understanding that when you ask your wife, you have to do something or guide her from a perception of being a spiritual leader, it has to be like him. Yeah. His like model is love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, the fruit of the Spirit. So if your husband's asking you within the, the context of in a Christ-like manner, absolutely, because you know it's from God. Right. Because he's a spiritual head. He's hearing, he hears from God. He's asking or guiding in a way that is consistent with the character of God. Right. Now, when a husband does something that's outside of the consistency of character of God and it's self-serving and it's wrong and it puts you in a bad spot, in my opinion, I think you have every right not to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. And it's not gonna. It's not leading to life. It's not leading to growth. It's not leading to godliness. It's leading leading you in the wrong path. Uh, in my opinion, I think you have a right to check it up and question it and and not in in I think you have an out based on that scripture. Yeah. Yeah, cuz there's a lot of times that wives are being manipulated for in an, an abusive situation and the husband will use scripture against her to guilt and shame her, especially when it comes to like sex and all these other areas that can easily um, be put under that she's got to submit to him and do whatever he's saying basically is is how it is translated and it's abusive and um, the Lord would never have you in an abusive situation. So that's a different subject, but I just wanted to... It has to line up with the character. The husband needs to operate from a spiritual leader within the consistent, with it's consistent with the character and nature of God, Correct. which is love, compassion, and all going through kind, gentle, and all that. Okay. If it's outside of that, then 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 it's not going to be a lasting situation, and a lot of negative things come of that. Yeah. And and it's not it's it's yeah people do take that scripture and what they think is if I ask you to do something you should do it and I'm saying if it doesn't line up with the character and nature of God okay. you may not like to do some things sometimes you may ask me to take out the trash <laughs> well it's not like yeah you want to cook and clean all the time but it's just part of what we it's do part of living. but it's, it's part not of the natural this... side of it and and when I go back to that I also when the character of God you go to First Corinthians thirteen four through eight where it says love is love does not seek its own correct and so that's where you've always got to check. Um, you have to take the totality of scripture, not just throw one little scripture out and abuse you like it can happen. So um, 
for the sake but of But I want to finish up on something here, spiritual leader of the house. Mm-hmm. When I said the, the spiritual leader creates a covering so you can step out and do the things he asks you to do. Mm-hmm. Some of those things, I mean, let's take how he dealt with his bride. Let's talk, take how he dealt with his disciples. You know, when he was on, when he was the, the feeding of the, of the 5,000. Yeah. Okay. He was the spiritual leader of that group. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I, I mean, all these right. people are coming to him. What are you asking them to do? Feed them. You mm-hmm. feed them. Right. Right. He gave them something that was, he, gave, he he was the spiritual covering, but he asked them to do something. What was his motive? What he wanted to teach them something. But the other thing was he wanted, he did it through what? Love and compassion right. and kindness. And to bless. And, 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 and to bless. And let's take another situation. He asked us to do something. Um, when the sent, sent the 72 out, what did he say to do? He lay hands on the sick, mm-hmm. you know, cast out demons. He asked them to do some things. He was a spiritual covering, but he still asked them to do something. And in our minds, was tough. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. Mm-hmm. So as spiritual leaders of a house in a, in a, a long-lasting, thriving marriage, we actually may take our families or in the relationship and something that can be very difficult and challenging, but with all the right reasons, yeah. not all the wrong reasons, right. not all self-centered reasons, but godly reasons for advancing love, advancing his kingdom through love and compassion. Yeah. So if it doesn't line up to your, so in the summary of that scripture in Ephesians, I think it's five, Ephesians right. five, you know, as, as, as unto is like, what is it is, as unto the as unto the Lord, as unto yeah. the Lord, that that needs to be really, really examined in a lot of situations. Right. Before you go on to humility, I do want to talk about something else regarding spiritual um, leadership. What do you say to the woman? Because this happens a lot, and this was where I was too when we were in our our troubled years of marriage. What if the husband doesn't step in? Because this happens, I get this question a lot. What if I? What do I do if my husband is not being the spiritual leader, and then she steps in, and has to be the spiritual leader? Because in her mind, who's going to do it if he's not? How is she going to raise her children in a godly home if he's not being that spiritual leader? Well, that's probably more common than you know. Actually, it's very common, and it's a very difficult situation. You know, I I can't I <laughs> that's a tough one right there, and we lived through that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you weren't stepping in. Uh, and and you know the only thing I can say is, don't pick up something that doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In fact, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. You because you start beating the husband over the head with the with the word of God. That, yes. That is not going to work. Or are you going to sick the Holy Spirit on him? Yeah. <laughs> Convict him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, you know the worst thing you, you know I'm going to speak about humility is the next point. You said before you go on to humility, and I'm actually going to bring humility right into this. That's where the that's that's where the wives really need to be humble mm-hmm. and submit to God as their husband, and do not pick up the spiritual head of the house because it's not going to work and it's going to make things a lot worse because they're out of their it's it just doesn't work, right. and it just makes things a lot worse. Yeah. It's it's just out of order, and it when and, it, and 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 I go back to what changed my heart was, you stepped in and you did not pick that up. What you did is you picked up and you said, "I Lord, I want to know you." Yeah. And Paul says it too. He says, "Lord, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection." 
powerful verse. Wait a minute, you just walked through God, you did this ministry, you cast out demons, you healed the sick, you 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 converted all of Asia or Europe or whatever he went. And then he's at the end asking you, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. I mean, that's pretty powerful. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. But the best thing that a wife can do in that situation is just step in and, and, and really, really let the Lord be your husband through that period of time and focus on him. Yeah. And and be transformed into him and his image, his likeness. Let the fruit of your life speak. Do not pick up the spiritual head of the but let the fruit of your life mm-hmm. speak. Because I tell you something, guys do not uh, guys do not listen with their ears. <laughs> That's right. I'm serious. They're vi- they're visual, right? right? They see things. They how many times have you ever heard? I when I see it, I'll believe it. That's guys. Those yeah. are guys talking. Those are men, the husband. What changed? What changed me? And it's very scriptural. Is that you will be won over by the chaste conduct and by the fruit of your life. It's in scripture. Yeah, First Peter three. First Peter three. That is so true. I actually lived that. I actually seen it. I goes. I want what she's got. Yeah. Because I didn't. I wasn't going to listen to you beat me up by. You need to do this. You need to do this. We need to do this. You need to step into God. You need to get fixed. You need to do this. You need to do this. Read this scripture. Listen to this teaching. Yeah, here's a book. I'm here to, you know, that, that's. Fix you. All you're going to do is this. Oh, my God. You know what you're really saying to him when you do that? You're saying, okay, you're broke. You need to be fixing. Right. He already knows he's broke. But what what it does, it just makes things worse, or just prolongs prolongs it. Yeah. So what you need to do is just step in and let the Lord be your husband. Focus on Him and let the fruit of the life speak. And when He sees that, and He sees the change in you and the conduct, and He sees the fruit of your life, that is the most powerful witness you can do. Pray for Him constantly. Pray, but step into the Lord. And you know what? That's humility on the wife's part. Yeah, and humility is recognizing that if you have picked up something that doesn't belong to you, meaning you've tried to be the spiritual leader in your household, um, you have to repent of that. And repenting means change direction, change the way you think. And this is what I did. And I've taught so many other women to do this as well. And it's powerful because now you're putting order back in because God is a God of order, like Fred said. And you have to let go of that control because that's another thing with security. Women try to control. And I was trying to control all of these things except for my own thoughts. I wasn't taking my thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ. Once I repented, I released that to the Lord. And then I started praying scriptural prayers over my husband, which is the the gift that I want to give you, is how to pray for your spouse effectively, not um, if it be thy will type of prayers that I used to pray, but really praying God's word over him and abiding in Christ. And once I took my eyes off of my husband and what he wasn't doing, I started being thankful for anything that he did do to step in that direction. And then I cheered him on for that. I started giving him that respect that it talks about in Ephesians 5. I started respecting him for when he did step in and being like a cheerleader, so to speak, versus criticizing when he didn't. 
And so I stopped beating himself or beating him up verbally or in my own heart and just started being thankful and kept my eyes on Jesus. And it says in First Peter 3 that a woman will win over her unbelieving husband without even a word, but by her ch- chaste conduct. And it doesn't mean that he's not a believer. It just means he's not believing what you're selling, so to speak. And this is a powerful thing that I did personally that had fruit, that we avoided divorce and um, all of that, and then um, also have helped other other women. So let's go on to the next one that you you have. Well, that's, I just want to say one thing about humility and um, um I really want to talk about that control you just talked about, and and that's really rooted in fear. Yes, it is. In, Insecurity. In, in, in fear. Another element of fear is pride. Yes. In in lack of knowledge, so pride and control are the opposites of humility, which are rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to you you're you're operate when you try to control somebody, and you try to manipulate somebody, it's rooted in fear. Yeah. And who's that from? Yeah. Yeah. What's enemy. perfect love do? out fear absolutely so you have to understand perfect love is from comes through you through your identity in jesus from the father which is perfect love which is jesus the father son and holy spirit through you casts out fear yeah well because fear has torment and from that comes humility mm-hmm. right when you operate in the spirit and you're operating within who you really know who you are from that comes that humble humble heart and you know it says god resists the proud but exalts the humble, humble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you want an exalted life? You want to live in peace with others? Yeah. Which you want to live it, you know, you're not always, you know, when you when you start operating in that humility, things come to you, not move away from you. And it's important that we mention that humility doesn't mean you are a doormat. Oh, no. That you just don't get taken advantage of and you just take that low position. Humility is agreeing with God. And what he says, and his way, his truth, and his life. So it's important that, again, where this is not in the context of someone that's abused and or being abusive. It is recognizing I've got to operate out of God's grace, His enablement, His power in me and through me. And humility is a key that opens up you operating in God's grace. I think humility is really an exalted position of maturity and in in the things of God and who who he is and who yeah. you are in him and and from that flows humility and from that humility flows life into your marriage yeah. through humility it flows into your relationships through humility it, it flows into your finances greater opportunities yeah. um, or open doors yeah. and, and, and humility very few people want to deal with a prideful person right. or an, an arrogant prideful person is it gets actually gets less usually less opportunities for yeah. the most part. But yeah. humility is just a way of life through maturity of knowledge, wisdom, and who he is yeah. and who you are in him. And you know, humility really operates in love. Humility comes through compassion for others. Humility, that's why I always love to see people that are just so humble and do such great works. Mm-hmm. These are the most amazing people to observe. Well, because they build people up. Yeah. They they're not t- self-seeking. And they're not there to take. Right. They're, they're operating and they have, they have giving hearts and they have generosity. I mean, you just see them, and yeah. they just—they're just amazing. Yeah. And and so, and the last third point uh, is just for, isn't really simple forgiveness. Yeah. And again, you know, the lack of forgiveness is really pride. Mm-hmm. 
and you have to understand that you know nobody's perfect everybody makes mistakes everyone makes bad mistakes you know sometimes we want to categorize our mistakes <laughs> you can't you yeah. just got to move on now you don't expect the same person to do the same thing 